2: The Around the NFL podcast will own you on the dance floor. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. That opening
3: is just a bold-faced lie. What are you saying? We're not heroes? Oh, I... I am quite possibly the worst dancer in oh. LA, and I imagine you, n- none of you three looks like a great Listen, dancer. First about of all, you. looks
2: can be deceiving. Hey, you're wrong about that. In my younger years, when I was a college student in Boston, and it was very big to go to clubs and go hip hop dancing, uh, <laughs> I wasn't bad. I wasn't. I'm not going to say I'm a great dancer, but I can you know I've, a little bit.
4: Y- your move. Usually in this room, at least, maybe that's not a good indication. Is just. Putting your arms up kinda like Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Uh, the wife. Also like Ooh. Fraggle Rock.
2: <laughs> Friday Night's Wife. Friday Night Lights wife with the wine in her hand. Drunk, yeah. yeah. It's a, to start the show. It's mm-hmm. a
3: distance thing for me. My ears are too far from my feet.
2: <laughs> All right. That makes sense. This is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast and uh you know, a lot to get to. We got the Uh, Monday night game recap, which is going to be very fun because there's a lot to talk about there. Another Packers victory. Some trades in the NFL uh, involving one franchise that might be uh, thrown in the old tank, the old Tankaroo, uh, before the start of October. Uh, Yes, we are going to choose the team of around the NFL. Hmm, Are we? This is going to. Well, hopefully. What if if it it doesn't happen? Then it's not happening. I mean, let's face it. If we can't come up with something, we got to just bag the whole thing. Let's come out of this room. It's Today. Like, what are the 12 angry men? Just four angry men. We'll figure it out.
1: I like that. Let's
2: do it. Right? I'm yeah. not angry. No, nah, you know, sometimes you can be.
1: Well, you're in charge. You don't need to be angry.
2: Uh, we will. It's time to fork some teams. That's that time of year again. We're feeling bullish about our fork capabilities, so we're going to name some teams that have no chance of going to the playoffs. And then we're going to preview the Thursday night game, which, of course, is a AFC North showdown between the O oh, and three Ravens and the two and one Steelers. That's a lot of show. And uh, but before we get into it, I do want to check in. You know, you can uh, a lot of ways to access the around the NFL podcast. You have a Stitcher. You have iTunes. You have the NFL.com site. You have YouTube, YouTube, YouTube only on our
4: Sunday night show now. Just to clarify for any any listeners looking for just the Sunday night show.
2: Apple YouTube. TV. Some people have Apple TV even. So that's good, too. Uh, but I do like to check in at iTunes because they do have a, a customer reviews section. And I will start by saying uh, the reviews are very good. It's an average of four and a half out of five stars. That seems good. We once won an award. Best of 2013. That was a long time ago now.
4: Well, it was best new podcast. Yeah, we can't be we're just coasting off of that now.
2: We're coasting. So, you know, I figured we love that our fans uh, submit uh, reviews. You know, sometimes the reviews aren't great. So let's let's just go over a couple (laughs) of reviews before we get into Monday night. It'll be fun. Uh, uh, Brandon, we'll start with (laughs) let's do positive (laughs) throne of ease. Five stars. Want to listen to a great podcast by a group of guys who absolutely love football and will make you laugh? The only thing left to do is bet against Andy Dalton in the playoffs, and you're all set. Big fan.
4: That's right. That
2: was nice. That was nice.
4: God damn it! Thank
2: you, Emily Hansis. <laughs> yeah, that's so, nice. So how about this? Uh, oh, this one I like. I like this one. Not terrible. <laughs> Two stars out of five. <laughs> <laughs> as big as the NFL is, you'd think there'd be a lot to offer by way of podcasts. There's not, though. <laughs> This particular group of knuckle-dragging megaminds are overwhelmingly annoying to listen to, but offer some good insight every now and then. Dan Hansis sort of hosts the show. (laughs) Mark Sessler tries way too hard to use vocabulary that sits outside of his fourth-grade reading level and makes himself sound like an idiot. Greg Rosenthal makes cool indie picks about trending teams and players. And Chris Wessling just complains about the listeners in his weird, hybrid, super obnoxious accent. (laughs) What the hell is that? The show is fine. I'll listen to it if there's nothing else
4: left. (laughs) Thank you, Simone Sessler. Wow. (laughs) That was was, uh, on the nose, and yet, you know. Let's let's do another good one, just, you
2: know. (laughs) This one is, get off my back, Dad. Five stars. One of the most entertaining podcasts out there. Has been a staple in my iPhone for years. That's nice. There's another one, Quintessential Football Podcast. Mm. If you're a fan of podcasts in the NFL, there's no reason you shouldn't be listening to the ATN crew. What about Usually? the fact
3: that we're knuckle draggers?
2: Well, that's a different guy. How about this one? Stay on football. You know, they hate. Sometimes <laughs> they don't like it when you that was stay football. One star out of five. Mm, wow. Is this a fi- serious football podcast or amateur
4: comedy hour? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, all right, one more. Does it say something about me? Like the the nice ones don't mean anything to me, but I kind of like hearing the negative ones. I think that does say. Here's a good
2: one. Here's a good one. So good. So good. Five stars. Royal listener. Favorite favorite podcast of all the random ones I have. That's good. But then Unbearable Smugness. One star (laughs) by Mr. Falcon. That was uh, Delaware's first album. It's honestly (laughs) hard to get through an entire episode. The hosts, despite what they may think, are really unfunny and lack basic football knowledge. (laughs) I guess that's what I should have expected from podcasts hosted by journalists who have never played football in their lives. Oh, wow. You know, by the way, uh, let me just tell you something. Uh, What's your name? Mr. Falcon, you clown. There are plenty of shows that you could watch. Check the dial, buddy, to hear athletes with nothing relevant to say (laughs) post-career. Go find it and go enjoy hot takes about
4: oh Aaron Rodgers. He's just a football player. Go enjoy it. I (laughs) I gotta admire the people that dislike the show but keep listening to us. That says more about them. That's what that's what we're looking for. If if we if they have to listen to us so badly that they just can't stop doing it, even though they don't enjoy it. I don't quite understand that. I think it's accurate and fair to say I have a weird hybrid accent,
3: but that take on Mark's vocabulary was that wasn't fair at all. I thought it was
2: fair criticism.
1: You graduated. Fair. You graduated high school, and I did. I did.
2: Well, I got past fourth grade. That that guy, that he was especially biting. He's K D O twenty four (laughs) twenty six hundred. I did just out of curiosity, I clicked in to see his other reviews, and while we didn't get a good review, he did have a nice review of Ice Age Village, a game. Addicted, five stars. Love it, but need more opportunities to earn acorns. You're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Well, you know. Let's, you know, keep it real. You're a loser. All right. That's it. Well, listen, no one said I handle criticism well. No. Well, I
1: think, you know, it was bold of you to read the negatives along with the positives. I thought they were much more interesting. Right. I want to read more and our, and
4: our listeners should, you know, chime in, too. It helps. Listen, yes, there are good reviews,
2: more, many more good reviews than bad reviews, but this is a good way to keep, you know, keep on even ground. You don't want to go floating away, big old head, out of the building. Hey, uh, Brandon, our last week with Brandon. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you getting a little, misty eyed? Misty eyed now? Uh, no, not yet. Thursday. You're young though, because you have a lot of opportunity ahead of you, no matter what happens here. Oh, I appreciate that. That's good. All right, let's do some news. You got it.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this is going to hurt like a mother.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that didn't know that's from? I have no idea what it's from. It's from the office. That's what I thought. Michael Scott's taking the last day. Oh. There we go. All
2: right, there we All go. All right, late period office. I All like right, it. All right, there though. we go. Nicely done. All right, very well done. All right, let's, uh, let's start with the Monday night football game. where Aaron Rodgers del- delivered another Aaron Rodgers performance, five touchdowns, no interceptions, threw over 300 yards, a 38-28 win over the Chiefs in Lambeau Field. Uh, this was a game uh, that was not as close as the final score indicates. It, you know, it was, I believe, 31-7 at one point. Uh, James ja- James Jones went off. He has revitalized 100 yards plus and a touchdown. Randall Cobb had three touchdowns. Uh, no Jordy Nelson, no problem for the Packers offense, 38-28. And, uh, Wes, you wrote up the piece on NFL.com or what we Learn, which I I heartily endorse. Everyone should check it out. This was just more magic from Aaron Rodgers.
3: It was. I think what we're seeing this year is just that he's raised the art of quarterbacking. He has raised his game. To a new level, we knew about the arm talent, which is the best in the NFL and among the best we've ever seen. We know about his athleticism, his capability, his scrambling, his decision-making. And then he's got this new thing that he's doing this year where he's just reliably almost getting defenses to jump off sides and attacking them for big plays or quick-snapping defenses to get 12 men on the field calls and still attacking for big plays. And it's a lethal part of his game now.
4: He's so consistent right now. This was a game, he didn't have the wow plays that he often does, and yet he'll just cut you up anyways. He'll he'll have the subtle plays where, I mean, he is the best in the league at just creating extra time to make what – on paper, is isn't that tough of a throw, but the setup to it is very difficult. The footwork it takes and getting space to make the throw. He is the best at doing that. I mean, this is a game where he can have 333 yards and five touchdowns, and I can think that might have been the third best game he had this year. Like, that that's how good he is. He didn't need to be any better because he's so good before the snap like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning. I had, like, the rare chance
1: to just sit at home and watch it on the iPad with no interruptions mm. and nothing I had to do on the side. and. I asked Wes this morning when I came in because, you know, we don't get to watch the games that close when they're happening in, in full length time. And listening to him operate with the center, the way they have the directional mic, you could hear Rodgers pre-snap talking to center. All right, boy, who you got? Who you got? What's up, boys? Who you got? And then the center was like, I got 90. I got 90. It's like, sounds good. Sounds good. I mean, it was like all this like,
2: Mark, pre-snap talk. Football. Well,
1: all no, it, because you don't see that. Out of a lot of quarterbacks, and I think that Rodgers, especially the twelve men thing that he got them on twice, he outcoached Andy Reid from the field. And you look at bad teams He's pointing at US. you. You could go see, <laughs> like the Browns, for instance. I don't think, can't think of one quarterback performance, one game
4: where a quarterback did what Rodgers did last. That year. was that was your text one last night. Was when, when was the last time the Browns had a, a quarterback that? that would be quick enough to pull that off. And When's the last is, time anyone had a quarterback? Your answer is just about never, it, it, never. The craziest well, never.
2: thing for me watching the game, and it was it was so fun to watch Rodgers, which w- makes what we'll talk about a little bit later, about some um, advanced metrics grading, about Rodgers' performance, all the stranger. But um, the fact that he... Uh, Didn't even the chiefs, you got to give him some credit. They actually got to him a little bit in terms of uh, rushing the passer. They made some plays. They almost had an interception. They stripped him at one point. It got called back. Uh, It wasn't like the chiefs didn't show up on defense. And yet you look at the final score and you look at his stats and you look the way he controlled the game. even with Kansas City showing up in my opinion it still wasn't even close to good enough against a guy at that level but there
1: were plays too where they did about just as much as you could ask from a couple of pass rushers and he with eyes in the back of his head and we've seen it a million times pivots dances around floats across the field and completes a pass to someone that no one
4: else saw i mean right well that was, was amazing. my that was my takeaway from the Seahawks game was that the Seahawks defense played a good game they were the Seahawks defense in that game, they pressured him. They were outstanding with their pressure the whole game. The biggest plays against them were perfect passes that were impossible to stop, and great catches by his receivers, who have done a fantastic job this year without Jordy Nelson. They might not get as open as they used to, but his receivers are making plays for him. Yeah, he
3: loses Devonte Adams, he loses Jordy Nelson, he loses Andrew Corliss, and he keeps on going like there's in in the the intelligence to attack Marcus Cooper. Jamel, Jamel Fleming, Fleming had been the Chiefs' weak spot at nickel. They bring in Marcus Cooper. He attacks him right away. Two big penalties and the touchdown to Ty Montgomery. Then Tyvon Branch, their safety, has to oh play bad. Cobb in the slot, and he attacks that matchup. And it's something that maybe, um, you know, people grading the game might not see
4: and might not give him credit for. But you have to give him credit for it. That's part of quarterbacking. Before we get into the the PFF, what do what do we think about the Chiefs? Because you know, you said they showed up, and and I hear you on some level. But on the other hand, it it's why we haven't been excited, or why I'm annoyed that the Chiefs were on in primetime twice. They were bare. They were just supporting actors in the Aaron Rodgers and Packer show. The game was over quickly. They have these star players like Houston and Charles and Travis Kelsey, and yet they're just That's so un. Fair. They're so uninspiring That's to not watch. Fair, though, the game is over after three quarters. I know they came
2: back. List the teams in that spot on Monday night at Lambeau Field with Aaron Rodgers healthy and at the height of his powers, where that's a competitive game right now. I don't care it's, about what t- I don't care about what
3: time that's of the game is. The Bears were competitive in week one. That's a good point, but this game was the quintessential example of why the Andy reid Alex Smith formula doesn't add up to wins in big games because that two minute drill before the half yes. was embarrassing yep. and frustrating and everything you need to know about the Andy reid Alex Smith combination. They
1: didn't attack down the field. Didn't they run like a 17 play
4: drive. Oh, yeah. How about that at the end of the game when they needed to score quickly? In theory, it looks better on the scoreboard. Well, that's because the Packers let you take a 17 play drive that took up five minutes in the fourth quarter because it's just not in their DNA to go fast and to push the ball down the field. So that that's fine. But it's only going to take you to nine wins. I mean, that feeds into what my takeaway with the Chiefs was they were just badly
1: coached. mm. There were, a you there were a plenty of times where they needed to run, hurry up, and move that thing, and they just seemed completely th- in a different world. It was like the Eagles in the Patriots Super Bowl. I thought it was funny when you tweeted that, Aaron Rodgers was out coaching Andy Reid. <laughs> well, he was on the field. I mean, he he drew, he created multiple Chiefs penalties, like we
2: talked. He just about. makes he makes everyone look so bad. Yeah,
1: he's like watching Greg in the newsroom when breaking news oh, happens. Yeah. Greg is just it's like Minority <laughs> Report where he's got the screen well, in front of him. Everything is happening.
4: And and they did the whole you know draft montage with Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers just just as we talked about. And I kept thinking, like, of course, Andy Reid, you know, if he had Aaron Rodgers, he would be a much better coach. It's it's like when Alex Smith drew the Chief, the Packers offsides late in the game, he went for a big play, too. I don't know if you remember that play. And he, and he was intercepted. And they kept the ball. But when Aaron Rodgers pulls the other team offsides, he goes for the big play, and he gets the touchdown because he's Aaron Rodgers. So the, Ch- so the Chiefs got rid of that drought, which had become the most notorious stat.
2: Did you know?
3: Since week 13 of 2013, no touchdowns to wide receivers. But an even more ignominious stat, this is just crazy to me. 62 consecutive games without a two-minute drill touchdown. That (laughs) was mentioned during that game, and that is ridiculous. The broadcast crew mentioned that, and they showed the clip, and I just thought, that is unbelievable. Now, Alex Smith and Andy Reid are only responsible for half of those games, but it just goes to show you how badly the Chiefs have been quarterbacked.
2: All right. And now let's talk about that PFF um, rating of Aaron Rodgers game. He had five touchdowns, no picks, 333 passing yards at 138.5 passer rating. And yet he got a negative grade by PFF and PFF, for those that don't know, is a um, analytics site that that we at the around the NFL and many other people refer to often. It's a really good research tool. But this got a lot of buzz on the internet on Tuesday morning because it was so out of whack. And uh, Wes, I know you (laughs) must have something to say about this. You went after some of the writers, Wes. I
3: didn't. I don't think I did go after them. Okay. I'm not angry about it. I'm embarrassed for them. I really am because they put out great work and I know how hard they work. I love their metrics, but their grades are flawed it's a grading system that is inherently flawed and it depends on what the person doing the grading sees and values and they don't value what I value and I don't think they value what other and
1: other astute analysts and
3: coaches value well it
1: just belies common sense to look at him have a
4: point zero negative point zero they graded last night's game as one of the worst games of his of his last five years well they're saying and I think this is fair that you have to count the play where he held onto the ball forever and fumbled. Right, but and, how and much do get you it back? count
3: it? Do you count that as minus one or no, minus zero point? Right,
4: I, I'm i saying it, it doesn't add up that they don't count anything pre-snap. They say that's intangibles. Like, deciding where to go with the ball, to them, is intangibles. They're only counting post-snap. So that, Which makes the Greg useless. Which should be listed at the top of the rankings, right. I guess, because if you're grading Peyton Manning for the last five years only post-snap, how is that Peyton Manning? Because right. that that's where all and the magic is. I,
2: I I considered having somebody from PFF on, but I felt like it was going to become a bloodbath if that happened. But yeah. I just will say it would have been Ben Stockwell, who's one of the writers, uh, offered a blog post explaining himself. And Greg, you mentioned uh, the the intangible aspect where they say they tried not to factor that factor that in, and then he added that the three Randall Cobb touchdown passes. Uh, well, you know, good job for the points. They weren't hard passes necessarily. That's fine. I, like, I,
4: that makes so sense to me. He they were trying to explain,
2: and they're also seeing, even though it was a negative grade, this may, maybe speaks to something they might have to get together in a room and fix this as well. That's not a bad game if it's
4: a negative score. So that's a little misleading. Because it so. was barely negative. It was like a C. Yeah, but, but that's he had still a, bad though, right? In the it's first bad. game against
1: the Bears, Sorry. he had a rating of seven. Yeah. Positive. So well, was it that much different than that I game? I thought he his that first worse? game of the
3: year was his best game of the year, but this was anybody, a casual fan can see watching this game. It was a great performance,
4: and if their grading system can't figure out how to measure that, then well, it's then it's a mess. To, to their defense, everyone keeps calling it advanced metrics and advanced statistics. What they do is scouting. It, the, the Putting the numbers on it is where everyone gets carried away and confused, I think, and, I, and it is confusing to me, too, because... All they're doing is evaluating each play. It has nothing to do with statistics. I mean, all they're doing is giving a plus score and a minus score, and that's what scouts it, do on every – But it adds up to metrics when you've got hurries but it's and not, yards
3: after contact. It has nothing to do and with, like,
4: advanced statistics, though. That that It just seems like a weird misnomer. It's a totally subject, er, I, subjective the, the evaluation. The subjective part is,
3: is the reason why you end up with a, with a minus 0.3 grade for
4: Rodgers. When anyone – with you know two eyes can see it, it was a great in their game. defense I do think you could watch the three Aaron Rodgers games this year and make that evaluation. This was actually the third least impressive game. But that's just speaking to how unbelievable he was
3: right. Game. They also evaluated it as less impressive than Nick Fole's performance. That's and Blake all right, so Dan, did, that's Dan and I are actually at the cozy having
2: beers at this
1: point. We're not we have I mean, just if stepped we, out outrageous. of A two person Greg
2: loose to talk football analytics and scouting. We'd be here all day but we gotta move on. Is that okay? Yes. All right, let's please do it. Please. Let's talk a trade in the NFL. Jared Allen uh, was obviously not a good fit when John Fox came into power in Chicago uh, playing in a 3-4, and now he's he was stuck on a bad Bears team. So what happens? They do the guy a favor, it seems like. They trade him to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers will send a 2016 sixth-round pick to Chicago. It sounds like the Bears are also going to assume a lot of the salary that Jared Allen was owned, owed, so now the Panthers get a veteran pass rusher. It's unknown how much he has left in the tank, but it's a borderline Hall of Fame candidate uh, with, uh, I believe, over 100 career sacks, and the Bears, obviously, and going in a different direction uh, uh, totally. They also traded John Bostick, a linebacker, to the Patriots, uh, for a 2016 late-round pick. So the Bears at 0-3 seem to be uh, packing it in right now.
3: Well, the first one, Jared Allen, I, I would give credit to the Bears' GM, Ryan Pace. It's a classy move. Hmm. And I think it should help them lure free agents in the future that you that a guy like Jared Allen, who's the active sack leader and respected around the league, he's not going to have to sit there and, and deal with a dumpster fire all year. You you fi-
4: actively find a, a – contender for him to play. On. But that's I reading between the lines of some of the reports. I think that's case basically could be because he was, they foresaw that becoming a problem that they didn't necessarily like him being there when they saw no long-term future for him and they wanted to get snapped. Well, it's something so Jared that, Allen mentioned in August, right? It ma- and it makes total sense. He's at a new position, all that. The money thing that you mentioned, Dan is, is the amazing part about it. They were forced to give him 11 and a half guaranteed Million dollars in March because the previous GM had, you know, guaranteed that. So they gave him all that money, and the Panthers get a starter. Even if Jared Allen's not great anymore, he's a league average starter at this point. They get a starter. For no money the rest of the year. It's not that the Bears are, you know, paying his money. He's only due a million dollars this year, so they owe him about eight hundred thousand. So they owe him. They get a starter for that cheap and basically nothing, which is great for Carolina.
3: One of the reasons why bad teams stay bad. They have regime changes every couple of years, and every time you change your scheme, a guy like Jared Allen, like you mentioned, they have to pay him ten million dollars because they had signed him for
1: a for a four three defense. I think it's interesting that this coaching staff is talking about scheme fit and. It's it's it speaks to long term planning when you're ready to get rid of Bostic, especially as a young player, and not ship him over. I'm not sure this coaching staff's going to be here that long if they continue <laughs> the season the way it is, because there's nothing to like. They're last
4: in the league in points allowed per game. Well, you you have to have some buy in from ownership, I believe. That hey, can we get rid of these old players that didn't fit? In, that you that you get a couple of years cuz that's why they're in gonna, this situation. I was going to
2: say how much can you hang on? I know John Fox isn't a favorite in this room but he inherited a ba- a bad roster and a terrible situation right at the top of the offense with Jay Cutler. This is not a one-year project. You would think they'd they'd be smart enough to give this regime a couple of years. Well, but
1: why are you waiting till September 29th? Did, yeah. You
4: didn't you know they weren't a scheme fit in in March and April and May? Right. You I mean, should, what? you could have eaten the money then. Maybe it was hard to convince ownership, "Hey, I know we have to give this guy $12 million, uh, but we just don't even want him on our team. And maybe it was hard to convince him then, and now they can, because that's a lot of money. That's an insane amount of money. But it was a bad contract when the old regime gave it to him. It was a very bad contract. After you start out 0-3 with the worst point differential
3: in the league, you can be John Fox and Ryan Pace and walk into ownership and say, hey, realistically, our goal now is to
4: get the best draft pick we can get and rebuild this thing. And the Bostic thing, quickly, I just want to mention, he was a top 50 pick that played okay for them last year. He
2: did
3: not. He's a liability in run support. He, his instincts, like he doesn't know where to go.
2: Started 17 games in his first two seasons. Second round pick out of Florida. It's
3: kind of reminiscent of Akeem Ayers and Jonathan
4: Casillas last year. Two guys who played roles on the Super Bowl team traded at the deadline. If I was Gerard Mayo, not that uh, most people probably care that much, but if I'm Gerard Mayo, I'd be a little worried about this. He has not been much of a factor this year. They bring in Bostic, who plays the same position. I think I think Gerard Mayo's probably who's been a great. Patriots player is probably on his way out there.
2: Bears are all in on a two and fourteen.
4: They're pushing all the chips. Where are two wins coming the from? Table. <laughs>
1: I don't know. They'll stumble. <laughs> they they basically bagged the season when they refused to move away from Jake Cutler.
2: Yeah. All right. That's what's happening in the news.
4: <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Indeed, a very. What are you laughing at? Was I was
3: laughing because Mark laughed. You could tell just how silly he thought the lyrics were. <laughs> Only hey, I
4: wrote those. Can earn the right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I always it. forget how long it is. I always yeah. think, wait, isn't it? Oh wow, it's so good. That, that could pl- that could be as long as Bohemian Rhapsody. I would never stop playing. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, yes, it's, it is. Uh, what is that last line in the song? It's a very special. <laughs> And it is. And, you know, that's why we put so much thought into it each year. Uh, whether or not the teams actually know that they are the team of ATL or ATN, um, it's, it's, more, it's, it's an honor that even they don't know about. Just like Mark, there's somebody out there that you've never met that thinks you're the greatest thing that ever happened to NFL.com. Not according
1: to the review that you
2: read before. <laughs> oh, not that guy, but he right. also oh. he, he, he wants more acorns, so don't get too <laughs> okay. you know, beat up about that. But there's somebody out there that thinks you're the best guy in this podcast, and he loves your writing, and he likes your wit and how you get crusty sometimes and how you point your finger and you get the fire eyes. All that stuff makes them love you. Mm. That's us with whatever team we choose. They don't know, but it doesn't mean that love's not there. And channeling Stuart Smart. I think they are. I can know. buy that to some degree. You know,
4: we, you know, we we started out uh, a humble little podcast, but we're no longer humble. We're going to make this team know. They're going to yeah. know. We're going to have some of them on, okay. and by the end, the whole country is going to be talking. With the way about these it. team sites <laughs> like to self glorify themselves, they'll they'll take yeah. advantage no, of that's it. That's
2: fair no. point, especially the social media guys. So 2013, the first year we did it, the Carolina Panthers us proud 2014 we struggled a little bit settled on the Chargers much to Wes's chagrin uh they were okay they were in the mix till the end of the season they put up some exciting games but listen no one's gonna say the Chargers will be the ultimate two th- team of ATL uh the 2014 edition which takes us to 2015 and it's time to decide because if you take it too much longer then it's like what do you even hear it for
1: that's what we did clowns, last year.
2: You jabronis. Just make a decision. And uh, on Sunday show, if you listen to Sunday show, which you, you can still check it out, by the way, at NFL.com slash podcast or on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube, where our Sunday night shows are available, uh, we talked about how the Cardinals were right on the precipice, a team that we almost picked last year. And this year, we got three yes votes from uh, Greg and Wes, and I held out, not because I'm against the Cardinals, but just because I wanted to, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, if you will. And I do want to nominate another team.
4: Mm. Well, it is a very special honor. You got to give it the attention it deserves.
2: Exactly. And that is Dick Banks, by the way, the one-man house band a, uh, who performed that song. We actually paid him to do that. We <laughs> paid, there was there was like <laughs> Where did check. the money come from? Roger Goodell. It actually, yeah,
4: it came from some sort of budget.
2: Someone paid for that (laughs) song. I just want to make that clear as well. Is
4: there more money in that coffer Uh, that we could
2: use for our own funds? And we, of course, were put in touch with Dick Banks from Did you get a songwriting credit? Uh, I Listen, I haven't gotten a royalty check yet, but I'm hoping it eventually lands in my mailbox. So thank you to Sheck for putting us in touch with Dick Banks. Uh, And, Greg, you and I were on the Sheck show on Tuesday morning, so you could check us out there, too. All right. Now. All right, so the Cardinals are obviously a finalist, and we can get into that a little later. I'm going to just nominate, uh, formally nominate the Atlanta Falcons, Mm -hmm. and I'll give a quick um, uh, resume, if you will, and then we'll talk about it. And, uh, Wes, you have to promise me to have an open mind here. Okay. Okay. The Falcons are 3-0. We know that. That's great. Great start. A team, after languishing under Mike Smith in those final years, one of the most boring teams, get a total facelift under new, uh, new coaching, 3-0, and averaging 29.7 points a game. This is a team that puts up points. If, you, if you're a guy that likes scoring, mm, you scoring. Like the Falcons, so they're going to score points. They're second in the league in passing. So, yes, <laughs> there's a lot of action going on there. 14th and rushing. They used to be an albatross when it comes to rushing the football. They got two nice little players in the backfield there, as we saw. They run the ball. This past week. So they had a, a balanced offense. Julio Jones. We talk about, oh, guy, we like to watch his team. How could you not like to watch Julio Jones? He's a, good. A historical talent. And he's on pace for a historic season. Um, Matt Ryan. Now. I bring up Matt Ryan because I consider Matt Ryan, and Greg, I think you agree, a QB in need of more love. When you talk about who are the quarterbacks, everyone's always talking up is the best in football. Matt Ryan is, to me, the top five conversation at quarterback, and we don't hear that enough. And finally, Dan Quinn, uh, around the NFL favorite. I know Wes and Mark both had nice personal interactions with Quinn, uh, (laughs) I believe, at the Combine or at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, right? At the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yes, and uh, left you with a nice taste in your mouth by the bald, handsome, goateed Dan Quinn. And a nice name, by the way. And the Jets' second choice as head coach, so I I think about that as well. Probably would have been the Jets' (laughs) head coach if the Seahawks didn't go to the Super Bowl.
1: He was the Browns' top choice, and they didn't want to wait for him. Yeah, I thought the thought was he was
4: their first choice.
2: Yep, and then they went to the Super Bowl, so who knows? History could have played out differently. That is the resume for the Atlanta Falcons. Your thoughts, guys.
1: I would quickly vote yes. I think you're going to have a tough time getting four across, but I would quickly vote yes for what you mentioned. Uh also Kyle Shanahan, I think is one of my favorite coordinators who mm. you just see what what happened in Cleveland since he's left. Big problems. And I think that he's completely changed the running game in Atlanta. They were very they annoyed me last year because it was Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and nothing else. And they're a little more balanced this season. I think Quinn we like Quinn. I would vote yes without any hesitation, even though they're a dome team. Don't care. I'm willing
4: to bend off that. Well, the dome team thing doesn't bother me generally. The malaise of their fandom has bothered me over the years at some points, I think they're going to be getting into this team. I would I would hope so. Uh, one thing I really like about the Falcons in terms of wanting to watch them each week, some teams just get in entertaining games. And the Falcons are one of those teams. And I think those are often teams that are weighted towards the offense, which this team is going to be. You, you watch the three Falcons games this year. They've all been entertaining. I mean, the Monday night game was great. The Giants game was back and forth, big comeback win. And the Cowboys game was another big comeback win. So they've got, they've got that little extra juice. That's well said. Something. Wes. Well, I, I'm
3: inclined to like the Falcons. I spent eight years in Georgia. I treasure <laughs> that time. Julio Jones is one of my favorite players since he's entered the league. Vic Beasley is already one of the most fun pass rushers to watch. Vic. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, like you said, one of my favorite coaches. Uh, but I'm voting no because there can only be one team of ATL, and that's the Cardinals.
2: Woo. Well, I mean, for what that it, to me doesn't count necessarily as a reason why to vote against them. I know because you have a team you already in love with. The team of at ATL is
3: a lark for you. Mm, I have said I judge this That's totally on,
2: unfair and baseless, Wes.
3: It is a lark. You're not going to sit here and watch game film of the Falcons every week. I will every week if this happens. <laughs> I do not what? believe you for a second. I promise to that happen. Jesus. I promise. I will. Look, oh. this, to me this is about when I get he home. You went to the top after that a one. 13-hour Sunday at work. When I get home, and i want to go to sleep or watch casablanca or something <laughs> okay. what game do i turn on just Humble because break? even though i have nothing no fumes left in the tank who's
4: inspiring me to watch game pass that night yeah. and it's the cardinals easily the the falcons would be towards the top of my list of in 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 terms of who are the most entertaining teams and that's why i would vote yes now i have a different voting philosophy which is i would you know, if you brought up four or five teams i would vote yes on the Rams. I still like the Rams. I know that would never happen. Right. Uh what? I wouldn't totally come on, w- Peter Pan come absurd. back to earth. <laughs> Uh I would not totally uh well those would probably be the three teams that I that I would favor the most. I'm but with I would you. I would vote yes. I'm with you. I I think that after going through this drill
1: a couple of years that I would vote for the Titans. I'd vote yes mm. for the Falcons. I'd vote yes. I'll vote for the Cardinals, but you're right, Wes. It's not it's not because it's my favorite team that I'm itching to watch. I think it really boils down to when it was the Panthers. The Pan- We've been through this. It was this in my opinion, this was a team that you and Greg got into. I liked it. It was them. it
3: was completely organic and that's how the Cardinals are for me as well. It was well. completely
1: organic, but it was it was something that you two were more fascinated about. Well, I I'll it. roll with the ride. I'm not going to hold you up, well, but I it's not say. because the
4: Cardinals are the only team that gets my juices flowing. The Panthers still get my juices flowing cuz they got the same quarterback that they've always had and they're and they're Overachieving Once again, I still like the Panthers. I mean, Dan, here's the thing. Yes. You could
1: you could pitch all 31 other teams, and you're not getting them through at this point. Well, well that's true. You're not. That's a true He's, statement. about I'm only he, voting and Wes, for the let's Cardinals. be honest, exactly. He's going to shut down anything else that comes up, so it's either the Cardinals or bust. Right. And that's a situation we well, were in last year, let's too.
2: just. We need to be honest, though, and it sounds like we are going to go with the Cardinals because Wes is – this is the equivalent of a temper tantrum. Let's be honest, Wes.
3: It's not a temper tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> it, I I think that you you have the luxury yes. of a team to root for the team of ATL means something way different to you than it does to me. That's why I, I don't
1: think it's the team of ATL. It's the team of West. And I don't having, say that in a negative way. It's, just, it's Look, not we, about us. I
3: would vote to get rid of it because I don't think wow. that we can come to a – we can't come to a mutual respect here no. on – I would agree. I, I don't like being cast as the evil person. No, it's
4: where not I evil. feel like
2: I have the right
4: attitude. I, I I agree. I think West does have the right attitude in terms of – this conversation today, which is Falcons and Cardinals. Because to me, the Cardinals are the more entertaining team. They are exciting. I love their coach. I love John Brown. I love the Carson Palmer story that he has – a chance to finally have a team around. I even, they've made me like Chris Johnson this year. That's fun. Like everything about them, that they're a downtrodden franchise. We all love them in this room last year. So when it comes down to it, there can only be one team. And, and I think the Cardinals are the best team of the teams we're talking now, about. They are the best option. Hear me out on this, Wes. I'm down with the Cardinals too.
2: Woo. All right. I'm not against the Cardinals. I I just felt that it was important. And there are people out there. Oh, what about the, what about the Panthers again? You know, enjoy beating teams that are combined one and eight through three weeks. We'll see what happens. We'll see where your record's at after week 17. Nice start. I like you, Cam Newton, but you're not in the mix. And to me, it was the Falcons that jumped out. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop uh, Stop down here and, like, not let this happen just because I want the Falcons that bad. Because it doesn't matter that much to me. I think the Cardinals are a fun team. They're to great. Watch.
0: Let me um, right.
2: Yes. Why? Let me try to explain this in a different way. Yes. The Falcons are attractive. if.
3: To me, you you are in love with the Jets. Mark's in love with the Browns. Well, Greg, you know he's kind of I don't I wouldn't know if I'd call it love anymore. Who knows? But Greg's, to me, I love
4: a lot of teams. Patriots are on the top. Of the list. The All right, let's let, let Wes
3: out. let let's, let let Wes have a say. To me, the team of ATL is like falling in love. This happened with the Panthers for me a couple of years ago. It's a mystery. You want to know everything about that team. It's like when you have a favorite song and you you have to play it a hundred times because there are nuances in that song you have to get to know and you want to unwrap them. That's how I feel about the Cardinals. I don't feel that way about
2: the Falcons. You seem confident about the ways of love when it comes to football teams.
1: <laughs> I've
3: fallen in love several times in my life. I know how it works.
2: Hmm.
1: Ooh. Well, I'm fine with that. I Again, I'm I'm with you. I like the Cardinals. I actually went back last night because I was – I don't want to jump on a team that just goes fourteen and two. That's not really for me what the team of ATL is about. I'd like a team that's a little bit more in the middle, where you've got to kind of root for them. They're a little bit more the underdog. That's not going to happen this year. That's they're fine. What if dude, what if we, we saw
3: what if we saw the Cardinals as a team that was going to be fourteen and two before everyone else saw that they were going to be fourteen and two?
1: Well, we can say that, but they're three and zero, right? Right. But, but right I
4: wanted there. them to be the team of ATL in week one. But I don't right. even well, I don't care when about everybody the was giving the division. That to wasn't the field. really my point, but fair enough. I, but even right now, people would still think that the Seahawks are the favorite in the division. And I think Wes is... Uh, well, we're not picking a team to be ahead of everyone exactly. else, I right? I think Does the that, definition of, of liking the team and wanting to watch them is the perfect definition. And the Cardinals fit that for me, whether, they're, whether they're, we're a year ahead or not. We all liked them last year, too. And, and I like that, that they are a downtrodden franchise. They're so disrespected, and they've been so in the bottom of the barrel. Couldn't even make the pain they rankings. They couldn't even make the pain rankings, even though they have had the worst franchise overall, top to bottom, in terms of lack of winning since the day they started. It's been in three different cities because no city can stand them for so long. Well, I appreciate Greg trying to
1: drum up some enthusiasm for this so let's I'm not right, trying so to drum it up it's
4: wildly Listen, genuine no that's you, very you're genuine you're not excited about it at all but i'm totally Here's excited. i love the card i
1: think it's just i'm just saying we, we if Wes can opine about why he wants this we all have different viewpoints
4: right and, and,
3: I, and, and I don't the same way about that that's yeah, why i would, why I would vote to get rid of team of A- 8 i'd be Whoa. fine with that that too.
4: is crazy
2: i won't stand i would think i think the
3: segment has
2: i vote no on eliminating the team of 8
3: it's run its course we don't we all have different you know, MO's here. And I don't think it's worth like being attacked over it. All
2: right. Well, you know, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings here.
3: Well, fact. I just a... like, you know, I want something out of the
2: team that you and Mark don't want. No, and that's I'm fine. You, but I don't you, think
3: I, I don't want to, is... I don't want to have to force you guys into no. something that you you're don't want. Let, me, let me give you
2: one promise. I will promise you, Wes, that once this becomes official, I'm all in. You won't hear me talking about, oh, we should have went with the Falcons. I'm all in. We go with the Cardinals. I'm in on the Cardinals, and let's have some fun. Exactly. It's that's like how a- I feel, too. I'm, I said I'd vote for five
1: different teams. It's not something I'm going to like come back to anyone on five or six times, but the point
2: is our level of enthusiasm for it is in different places. That's fine, good, too, by the way. And that's why you close the doors and you figure out who the team is. And I think – Maybe, maybe some things were said. Maybe we 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 sh- we could take some things back if we could. Maybe we shouldn't have said some things we should have. But at the end of the day, I think we figured it out. I what? think the Arizona yep. Cardinals are the 2015 team of around the NFL. This is a
0: very wow!
2: Runner. There you go. See. Well,
3: anything worth having has to you have to go through trouble for it, and right. that, that was like ten minutes of exactly. turmoil. I guess it'll. It's got to be valuable if you have to go think, through
4: that. Think of, uh, you know, having a baby. That's not very easy, and yet what well, comes out? It's easy for you to yes. say. What <laughs> comes out? A beautiful little child. It's an excellent
1: yeah. analogy. Greg uh, went through the fire on that one.
2: Lest anyone think <laughs> that our uh, debates are are not genuine, like where, you know, there's a, a Skip Bayless element. Hell no. That was real debate. Yeah. That was real. R e a l. And the Cardinals are the team around the NFL, so congratulations, Cardinals! Uh, if someone tells you, uh, you'll probably be very confused. <laughs> uh, so there Wait, you go.
3: We have to decide one more thing. What are we going to keep calling the team of ATL or the team of ATN or the team of ATN- mm-hmm. NFL? It, it's for, it's poor branding at this point.
2: Yeah, for those <laughs> for those who are new to the show, we used to be the Around the League podcast, and at the time that I contracted Dick Banks uh, for the song. Uh, we were still ATL, and then after he recorded it, our show was changed to ATN.
4: Um, you know, ATNFL and really,
2: Team of ATL yeah. it was what we called the Panthers. So yes, there's a little bit of ambiguity there, but we're just gonna you know continue to use both, I guess, unless we want to just nail one and just go forward, Team of ATN, Team of the Around the NFL
4: Podcast. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's not a wrong to it. Oh,
2: that smells good. You Do you want to keep calling the Team of ATL?
4: I'm cool with whatever, uh, but. It's another reason why it was good not to pick the Falcons. Would just it would have been, been very, confusing. very confusing. That's true. Well, we just
3: confusing. we didn't decide anything
2: here. Well, yeah. Well, that may be whatever you're most comfortable with, but there is no debating. The Cardinals are the team. There you go. That's how we get things done. Let's move on. To it's very time.
4: special honor. Congress can't solve anything. We, we, we came it. up with some legislation.
2: Make America great again. Political hot take. It's time to bury some teams that had no chance of being a team of ATL. These we agree about.
1: Stick a fork in them.
2: Ooh. All right. This is uh, after debate. Uh, this is one thing we all uh, got behind on our I am client here at the office uh, to be the stick a fork in them. Every year we decide which teams have no chance of making playoffs. Not on my new chance. There's no chance. And if we are wrong on any of these teams, Le- Greg in the past has donated to a local food bank, I believe, <laughs> and never forgot. Remind he just kept reminding us about it. Oh, do you remember the time where I had a charitable mind and and, and shared Greg, it with G- my wallet?
1: Greg gave it to like the young Republicans of Orange County.
2: <laughs> is that, that, was, true? that is the last group I would ever give to. But I will you say, can go to hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a group, oh. as a group, uh, I would think if we get any of these wrong, we should all chip in and, and donate to maybe a local shelter or
4: something like that's that. That's true, that especially with fair, our right? new liberal uh, leanings, in term, not in terms of politically, but everyone just wants to get bold and throw the teams out there. That means we're going to get some wrong. and that, you know, we should
2: all, Is everyone comfortable with that? I'm not saying it's going to affect you being able to pay rent, but we all chip in a little money and we donate if we get something wrong.
1: Yeah, Bart. because talk about a segment that probably should have gotten buried. It's the way we handled this last year. Where this is about who we think will make the playoffs or not, and it's not—it's not—are they mathematically still alive in Week Eleven? And last year, we want to be ahead of the curve. We were completely behind the curve with this exercise last year. We didn't
4: year. do it last year. You guys, you get this did. segment is, was such a waste of time. I agree that we, we did literally didn't do it last year. Go back in. This time, we we're did. fine being wrong because we're going to try to be bold and we're going to be bold. It was the year now. before we were bold. Let's you know
2: forget the internal semantics of the podcast. This year. We will be forking teams, and we will donate to a charity if mm. we blow one. Is that cool with you, two Wes? Absolutely. All right, so these are the teams that we all agreed on. There are six teams out of 32. Greg, there are 32 teams in the NFL. There are six teams that are already done. No chance. <laughs> if any of these teams make the playoffs, a charity gets some funnage. The Chicago Bears. The Cleveland Browns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Detroit Lions, (laughs) New Orleans Saints, and the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) So those teams are all done. We, uh, We all agreed on IM about these teams, but is there any of these teams that any of us are a little nervous about, sneaky nervous?
4: Well, the Lions won 11 games last year, so they're a logical pick 0-3. I'm a little uneasy about that. 0-3 is a tough hole. I I would actually say the Buccaneers just because that – I guess I don't feel bad about anyone. That division – you just never know what could possibly happen, but no, I feel good about all these.
1: We had some close calls, yeah, well, which I'll we can wait for. But that th- th- this group here, I have no issues
4: with.
3: If, if we were hesitant to fork the Lions in the same division with the Packers, th- this segment would be useless. But
4: they they don't need to win the division. They didn't right, ask. but they would ha-
3: at zero and three. They have to beat out about six or seven other good teams for a wild card, and they're not playing well. And their offensive line has issues, and their quarterback has issues. Yeah, and their defense is being shredded. Forkum.
4: I if I could take if I had to pick one of these teams that would be the most likely I would take back my answer it would definitely be the 49ers because the 49ers have played 3 games and they're a team I don't think we know I know they've been terrible the last couple of weeks talk about but, a team in a tough division but they Yeah, they're, they're not
3: getting past the Seahawks in a and tough Cardinals division, but
4: it just wouldn't shock me Wait, you have the Rams with so the ahead. second
3: best record in this division. I'm
4: just saying they have pieces on their team. They've played great one of 3 What games. are those pieces? They have good. I think they have a decent front seven. I think they have their front seven has got
2: shredded the past two weeks. By the way, well, we just put them the in Lions, the grave, so The Lions matter. they are zero three at Seahawks next week. That's zero four. They also have two more games against the Packers. They'd be lucky to win one of those. So you, there's really you you, you do them yourself when you start zero three. Yeah, no team has made the playoffs since '98 when that's happened. So here are some close calls. Teams that got either you know two or three votes. Uh, But it has to be unanimous for us to fork Raiders, Jaguars, Texans, Redskins. And uh, I included the Ravens here because none of us uh, nominated them, but they are own three. So they deserve a place on the close call list. Uh, Mark, you uh, were defending both the Raiders and Redskins. Your thoughts.
1: Well, the Redskins are in an NFC East that, you know, Romo's out till week 11. The whole division is topsy-turvy. And I think the Redskins legitimately – are going to be a better team than we saw last year. No matter what happened against the Giants, I, I really do think that they're going to be hanging around till the end. Uh, the Raiders, I'll fight for them because they could go 3-1 and one beating Chicago this week. I don't think it's a complete fluke. The record is not uh, you know, just something that's completely made up because I think you've got a quarterback that's playing much better than we expected. You've got Amari Cooper. You've got a good level of talent on defense. And weird things happen in an AFC where there aren't that many powerhouses. I could see them going right to the end and being kind of frisky, and I don't want to rule them out yet. Let the record show. I went to the
3: mat for the Raiders here. They're a little frisky. Who knows what they're going to be the rest of the year. Yep, and cool. the Redskins, to me, their week two game against the Rams was the most complete game any mm-hmm. NFC East team has played this year.
4: I I agree. But you guys were just talking about getting bold and I was thinking, Well, what's bolder than forking a team with a winning record? You're not gonna have too many chances. (laughs) I did not That's fair. And I did not You guys were just bold. Let's get bold. Do I think the Raiders have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs? No. So never make too much. So Uh, you would have forked it today. Yeah. I, I'm the one that suggests I mean,
2: the Thursday night game was so ugly to me, and I don't even know if the Dolphins are any good. They might be a total train wreck, which is another one of their wins. So, I don't. yeah, I would have forked them too, but I get it. And, uh, Wes, you also – you. I held off on the Texans because I just – the division is still weird. I don't know what we're going to get from the Colts. I'd and, fork
3: them now. Uh, I'd fork them in a heartbeat. Yeah, they I might know, have they the have, worst
2: quarterback situation in the league. Maybe they might, but they also have J.J. Watt and Arian Foster's coming back, and it's a bad division. So, I'm not quite – Ready on that. And, Wes, you were in defense of the Jaguars.
3: Well, just because I would – if it's between the Jaguars and the Texans, to me, easily take the Texans, Mm -hmm. fork the Texans because they don't have a quarterback. The Jaguars might have a quarterback.
1: I mean, in reality, we should probably have almost every forkable team done within the next four or five weeks tops. Yeah, we should move. Right? We should know who the – we should be bold enough to not be doing this in week 11. It's
4: predicting, essentially. It's not saying – you know, that they have no chance. Obviously, most of the AFC South is going to have a chance until we see that one of the that the Colts could possibly pull away, which no one is expecting at this point.
2: All right, so there you go. Those are the six teams that are done for. We will track this closely, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be at least one team out of this uh, group that might make us sweat a little bit, but that's usually how these things work out. But uh, we shall see. All right, moving on, gentlemen, uh, to the... Thursday night preview, the Ravens, who we just talked about, not forked by the Around the NFL podcast, but they are 0-3, and now they got to go to Pittsburgh. And this is where maybe you could say fate enters the room for the Ravens, a team that is always in the playoff mix, uh, it seems, in the last 15 years. And under normal circumstances, this would have been the death knell, 0-3, and then go to Pittsburgh in primetime to face Ben Roethlisberger. However... Ben Roethlisberger has a knee injury. He won't play for several weeks. So Mike Vick enters the picture. Um, Mark, I'll start with you. I know you are very, um, you know, bold or very vocal about your distaste for the Ravens without, for obvious mm. reasons, knowing the history. Uh, but do you think that this is a game where they could round up all the troops and put some life back into their franchise?
1: I do, and I, th- I, th- I think they will. I mean the the Big Ben injury is a unfortunate for Pittsburgh, but for the Ravens it might be the thing that if they are going to get back into this race, sort of save their season because I think Mike Vick is very vulnerable and can be, you know, gotten to. And the Ravens have plenty of deficiencies, but they got to get back on the board at some point. And and so I wouldn't fork them this week because
4: I think they're going to win this game. I think they their quarterback. I mean Joe Flacco has been playing well. Steve Smith is playing very well. They haven't been a terrible team. But when you think of the Ravens, you think of playmakers on defense. Who Who is their playmaker right now on defense? I mean, Jimmy Smith, they thought was going to be good. Jimmy Smith is getting torched by great receivers, but he's getting torched. So if he's not really a number one cornerback, the rest of that secondary is bad. When you have guys like when Lawrence and sky is making the most plays from your defense, that's a problem. They don't have anyone that sticks out to you.
2: Can I just say, cause Mark, you mentioned um, the reason why you didn't fork them is because you think they'll win I mean, I would think if – especially if we were just talking about the stick of Forkum series that we want to be bold this year, we have to all be picking the Ravens this week because they wouldn't come back from 0-4, right, Wes? Well, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. They're the Ravens.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. That's but the only 4, reason. No, I don't think
2: anyone's ever come back
3: from 0-4. I, right. I have a harder time writing off a proud team with a winning tradition like the Ravens than I do some other teams like the Lions where when, when do the Lions ever show backbone? I, I don't know. To me, that's a harder – It anecdotally, it seems like more than half the games Ben Roethlisberger, Ben has missed in his career have been against the Ravens. Well, yes, it's not more
4: than half, but it is six. He does not like playing Baltimore. It's six out of 16, which is a huge amount considering it's just one team. It's crazy. It'll be seven now. I don't have Sesslers very
3: often, but before Michael Vick signed in August, I did have a Sessler that he would land with a team and lead that team to the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And there, there is. I actually went and did a lot of research on older quarterbacks, and there's always a guy. I thought maybe it'd be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Back there's always up. a guy in his mid 30s who leads a team to the playoffs with a bounce back season coming coming out of nowhere. And a similar quarterback. Remember Randall Cunningham's season with the '98 Vikings? Oh yeah, Cunningham had been retired. What a story! They pulled him out of retirement. He was a running guy, and he made he was he became a better passer with the Vikings. I don't know.
4: Well, and he's supported by one of the best offensive lines in the league, one of if not the best wide receiver in the league in Antonio Brown, who is it? It shows how good Julio Jones is that no one's talking about Antonio Brown this year. He has been unbelievable. You have Le'Veon Bell You have all sorts of talent, and the defense looks. Better. It's not great, but it looks it better the last two weeks. Stefan Tuitt's playing well. Maybe they get Ryan Shazier back. I mean, it, it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if Vic can can help them win this game. I do like the the matchup between Baltimore's passing game, which actually,
1: you know, they they lack weapons entirely. But he's put up a, Flacco's put up a ton of yardage over the past two weeks, and I'm not in love with Pittsburgh's secondary. I mean, this game is not going to be. It doesn't help at all that it's in Pittsburgh. But the Ravens, like you, like you said, Dan, if we didn't fork them. They can't go 0-4.
2: Right. I thought that last week. I have to say, like, I'm going to pick the Ravens again this week. Uh, But the reason I picked them last week against the Bengals (laughs) is because I was like, oh, well, there's no way they'll start 0-3 in their own building. So now my confidence is shaken about doubling down on this, like Wes said, like a proud franchise of the winning tradition. But I'm going to do it because, yeah, I I think they were saved by the football gods with Roethlisberger being out of the picture, I think. I think they're going to take advantage of this.
3: I think philosophically, I – never i always wonder why anybody has great confidence in their weekly picks even if i think the steelers are going to win by 51 to 49% it's not enough for me to assume that the Ravens are going to go 0-4. Yeah,
4: the question to me is, like, which Michael Vick is it? Can can Todd Haley – and we've already heard some whispers about the things he's cooking up. Watch out. Todd Haley loves throwing wacky stuff out there. He's going to really love it with Michael Vick. <laughs> I mean, you could – I forget what insider it was, but it was someone that talks to Haley was like, just watch what they've got cooked up for, for yeah, Thursday okay. night. So we'll see. It's which Mike Vick. Because the Michael Vick in New York couple games was a was a fine starter, and a couple games gave his team absolutely no chance to win. Right. He was, I mean, I I need to be convinced
2: that this guy isn't over the hill because I didn't see it last year. And there's a reason he stayed unemployed for so long because everyone watched the same tape. So now here's the question. You put him with some stud talent like he's got now. What does Michael Vick look like? Maybe that's what made Randall Cunningham look so good in 98. No doubt. And, you know, you never know. And
3: everyone thought that Randall Cunningham was washed up to the point, like I said,
2: that he was retired. Nobody wanted him. All right, let's go around and make some picks. Mark Sessler, pick and score, please, sir. Ravens twenty-one twenty. Yep. Mm. Wes. Steelers twenty-seven twenty-four. I will go Ravens twenty to seventeen.
4: Yeah, I would take the Steelers as well in a high scoring game, something like thirty-twenty-seven, another another one that they find a way to blow at the end.
2: All right. So there is our Thursday pick, sponsored by nobody. <laughs> <laughs> When are we going to get sponsored? Let's get sponsored. I see Sheck is sponsored by McDonald's. Burger King, you out there? Wendy's, where are you? Nike? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Give me all the money. I want all the money. You don't get that money. I know. The but NFL do- gets the money. I feel like the money will trickle
2: down if you're Nike <laughs> nice try. gives us a chance. Oh. Hey, Apple, what's up? <laughs> anyway, before we go org is uh, really our favorite site. The site, listen, we might have to go behind closed doors and hammer out a team around the NFL uh, like we did today. But there is no debating the best website associated with uh, the Around the NFL group, besides NFL.com, would be org. Nick Fortier, uh, one of our fans. Uh, where is
4: Nick from, by the way? Do we know? I assume the bayou with with that name, but I parts
1: unknown. We're still we're still looking into that. Don't you just think he's
4: he's on a swamp in the bayou?
3: He has responded to some Panthers things I've written. I I believe he's a huge Steve Smith fan. Maybe he's from
2: Steve Smith transcends the universe though. There's no way to know. It doesn't matter, really. It does matter, but we don't know. Nick, reach out to us. Let us know where you're from. Anyway, his site, gogetmylunch.org, has all our sandwich propositions. It has other fun things associated with the show. And also, just latest, just uploaded or added to the site last week, a soundboard. So before we go, uh, the Irishman, Brandon McGinnis, uh, if you can share some of uh, you know, the greatest hits off the gogetmylunch.org soundboard for Around the NFL. Let's hear some.
1: This better be a flamethrower that ends broadcast radio.
2: (laughs) That one's called flamethrower. How about another one? What is that? That's Levy Smith's hot butt. (laughs) That's a solid one. I like that one. What else we got?
1: I speak Spanish.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Galeen Wolf (laughs) dropping some Spanish. Keep rolling. You're a coward. (laughs) Uncalled for. Famously, (laughs) Andrew calling out uh, Marks Brown's situation. Anything else? Well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. <laughs>
4: I like that one. We should have that ready for. We got every, one for. So.
1: We
2: got one for Wes. Yeah, everyone can suck it. <laughs> no, that's not me. That's me. What about one for Wes? It's about me. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. Those Appropriate. Nick Fortier uh, from Parts Unknown. dot All right, that's it. So what did we what did we accomplish today?
4: We accomplished a lot. We chose
2: a team. We chose a team of ATL, the Arizona Cardinals. Congratulations, guys. Proud lineage. Uh, Panthers in 2013, the Chargers in 2014, and now the Cardinals in 2015. So what does it mean? If anyone's curious, what does it all mean? I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess we just get – we mention it a lot that they're the team of ATL. That's
4: usually how it works out, right? We, yeah. we root them on. Yeah, we, we root su- for them. We, we support want them. To them. We uh we do who knows maybe until they the inevitably
1: crumble in the postseason. <laughs>
2: Carson Palmer d- disappears somehow, and then some uh, jabroni backup foils them
4: again.
3: What if they went on to win the Super Bowl? Would that be heartening or disheartening?
4: No, it would be unbelievable. It'd be great. That'd be the best uh, possible result. We go cover the team of why? ATL. Why do you hesitate? I don't
3: know. It almost makes me feel bad. <laughs> I think that might say something about me. I don't yeah. want them to be that. You successful. don't want you don't oh, want love. I no, don't I don't want, want everyone to like our person.
1: Well, they're three and zero. So it's, a our lot of special, it's our special. It's our special team. That's true. I don't want everyone jumping de- on that
3: bandwagon. But we release them it. the moment uh, we see something special end. about them that other people don't see. Chris,
4: you deserve happiness.
2: Mm.
1: You uh,
4: deserve love. You deserve something. That's true. At least a winning football team. This
2: a uh, love that deserves to last. Oh, to the home. You guys are too perfect. Home base. I was actually asking for the piano, but it's over now. Brandon. um. This isn't going to work, Brandon. Listen, you only got two shows left, so you got to make sure you get the timing right.
1: Remember when I told you that I wanted your shows to be horrible? Maybe yes. I'm just starting a little
4: bit early. <laughs> Maybe I'm just starting.
2: Uh, Brandon's got one more show left, so we're excited uh, to have one more show with the great Irishman. So that's it for Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back Thursday uh, night uh, with our Thursday recap and Friday Um, and all the games on Sunday. Until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss. Until then.